This is the Dairy Brothers Tribecast, a podcast for diehard Cleveland Indians fans. Presented to you by WaitingForNextYear.com. Now, here are the hosts, Matt and Todd Derry. Hey everybody, let's do this on a Monday, May the 24th, 2021. It's another edition of the Dairy Brothers Tribecast on WaitingForNextYear.com. Brought to you by the Center for Advanced Dentistry, Dr. Ben Hornstein. And also BreakingTea.com slash Dairy, the best t-shirts around for Browns, Cavs, and Indian stuff. Matt and Todd with you after what was a, let's be honest, Todd, a poor weekend of baseball. The Indians dropped two out of three to the Twins. Uh, no Buxton, no Cruz. I'm probably leaving some other guys out. Maeda got hurt the other day. And yet you lose two out of three. Yesterday's loss was was not good. Just poor fundamentals, poor defense, base running mistakes. The bullpen imploded, which they were due to do that. And now, still some easy games coming up with the unnamed team for four and also the Blue Jays this weekend, but time to play some better baseball. But we got a lot to discuss, Todd, because there's injuries. There, the, Owen Miller's here. Where do we start? Well, I think we need to start with the biggest news of the week, which was Fran Mil Reyes, one of the few Cleveland baseball players who uh, is actually hitting the ball. Um, on Saturday took a huge cut after he had homered earlier in the game, His, which is crazy, by the way, facing Kenta Maeda. He had faced him four times going into that at bat and was 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 uh, four for four with three home runs, which is great this year, which is crazy. Uh, he took a big cut and immediately grabbed his side and it immediately brought me back. And, and I, I turned to my wife who happened to be staying there and doesn't care, but I'm going to tell her anyways, because she was staying there. I was like, Oh, that's an oblique injury. He's going to be out for six weeks. I think I said, uh, it brought oh, me you, back. You were right. You I, were right. I was, Oh yeah. Well, I was in Anaheim. Now, I'm going to guess this was 2017. Um, it's just a guess. It's one of these years. I think it was 2017, maybe 2017, 20, it could have been 2014. I don't remember, but I was in Anaheim for work and the Indians were playing and I went to the game uh, sat with our, our good friend Andrew uh, Siciliano, friend of the pod, and Kipnis took a swing, immediately grabs it. He, he made contact. He immediately grabbed his side, slowly jogged first, came out of the game, and he was out for two months with an oblique strain. And as someone who has strained an oblique before, you can't do anything. I mean, it every, it affects everything you do, and I, I don't swing a bat. You won't, he, He's... This is, it says five to seven weeks. It's going to be five to seven weeks. On top of that, it's not like he's just going to be back in seven weeks and immediately be great again. He's going to have to find his timing because during that time, he's not going to be swinging the bat. He's no. going to be, yeah. So it's, it, it's, I would say next to Jose Ramirez, he was probably the most indispensable player on the team to lose. Um, so now, We've you and I have been sitting and waiting for Owen Miller, but this was in, in, and now he's here, and this is not the way we wanted him to be. No, no, and, and to be quite honest, the Indians' uh, front office has failed when it comes to uh, bringing these players up because Owen Miller had a hot bat going for a while, and they just sat on it, and he was just raking at Columbus, which is which is great and everything, and I know it's early in the AAA season, but they should have brought him up then. They didn't. He goes three for his last 16 with Columbus. Kind of first rough patch he had hit. The average was still around 400. But then they call him up Saturday night, 
and he's immediately thrust into the the lineup on Sunday and sort of a, hey, we need you to DH uh, and, and not pick up the slack for Fran Mill because that's hard to do and that's hard to ask a 24-year-old who's never been in the bigs to do to do. And it just, you know, he went over five yesterday. And he looked bad, to be quite honest. And look, it's one game. I'll be there tonight, uh, you know, down at uh, uh, the corner of, uh, you know, Montcalm and Witherell for uh, for Tribe and Unnamed, and I'll, I'll see it firsthand. And hopefully he'll get his first knock, and it'll be great. But at least yesterday he, he didn't look ready, and I don't know why he wasn't called up when he was hotter earlier. Daniel Johnson's now homered in three straight games. Bobby Bradley's kind of hitting the ball now. Bring them all up. Let's get them up here while they're hot because, quite honestly, uh, this offense is still bad. I know they scored five runs yesterday, which was nice, and had a three-run lead before the defense let Plesak down. But, my goodness, I mean, how, how much longer with Yu Chang? How much longer with Jake Bowers? I mean, we, we have this discussion every week. It's a waste of time. <laughs> well, uh, I was – Brooke and I yesterday went to the Owen Miller debut uh, and, and – you know, it's, it's interesting. I, I, oh, I'll come back to it. But anyways, uh, I was there yesterday. His first at bat, he was like, I'm going to go up there and I'm going to swing at everything. He was so nervous. You could three pitches, and the third pitch was so far out of the zone that you could just tell that first at bat, it, he was a bundle of nerves. But it came back up around, and he was the uh, uh, winning run. Uh, 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 he came up with a winning run on base in the bottom of the ninth with two outs. And 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 I I said this is going to be it. This is going to be the the, the the storybook. He comes up, he gets a big hit to win the game in his first game after striking out in three of the you know his previous first three at bats. Um, but it, it wasn't meant to be, unfortunately. But I I, I want everyone to uh, to pump the brakes a little bit on him. And I know that you and I have been talking about him for weeks and how we we wanted him up. And you were completely right when he was four when he was twenty for forty. That was the time to bring him up when he was riding the hot streak. And and like you said, he was three for his last 16. He was struggling a bit. And I don't know. I mean, I understand what they were doing with him and what they're doing in Columbus. And I actually like it because they're trying to find him a spot. They're trying to find these guys spots on the major league roster. And that's why they're moving them all around. But you texted me this weekend. It seems a little... You know, uh, little league is. It is. It doesn't seem a little little league. It is. This is ridiculous. Can we find some positions for these guys and stick with them? I mean, how's it working out when you got a Med Rosario one day in center and then the next day it's short? He's a butcher. He can't play shortstop, but he's the best shortstop we have because he's actually starting to hit. But defensively, it's a it's a joke. Well, our team defense is another topic that we need to discuss. But but you know. Owen Miller played left field twice last week. He played first base twice. He played shortstop twice. And he played second base once in his last seven games. So, uh, obviously, they've been moving him all around the diamond because he, he's he's more of a natural second base. And he, he they actually, I read that he, they asked him what he's most comfortable with. And he said second and third. You know, here's the problem. Great. He's not going to play second, and he's not going to play third. No, those two guys play every day. Right, every and day. Jose Ramirez play every single day. So they're trying to find him a spot. You know, right now, it's a black hole at first base. Uh, Ahmed Rosario is starting to hit, so you can – let's let's throw a shortstop out. Center field is a black hole. Now you don't have Fran Reyes. I don't like the idea of him DHing. I don't. I, I feel like he should be in the field. I don't know why – 
I, I think DH is a specialized role that these guys get into sometimes. I mean, I understand, like, the Indians should be utilizing now with Ron Reyes gone. They should be rotating guys in and out of the DH spot. They should one day DH Jose Ramirez. They should one day DH, you know, uh, uh, Cesar Hernandez. You know, just get these guys off their feet. Eddie Rosario, who's another thing I, I, I want to come back to. So this is wrapping me all around to, to, to this topic. Without Fran Reyes, the, the, the best option, you, you know, we knew that Owen Miller was going to come up. And we just, before Reyes got hurt, you and I just figured this would be the end of Yu Chang and, and Miller would take that spot and he would and he would actually play. Now that he's gone, this opens up the DH spot to rotate guys around, but it also opens the DH spot for Bobby Bradley to finally get his chance. He hit three homers over the weekend, two in one game. And this would have been the perfect opportunity to bring him up. But instead, they added Kyle Nelson, another bullpen arm, and are carrying nine or ten relievers currently. Nine? Is that right? Yeah. And and your bench is essentially Chang, who's terrible, Rene Rivera, who's Rene Rivera, 37-year-old journeyman backup catcher, uh, and then whoever doesn't play in the outfield that day, you know, which is Luplo. It's a three-man bench. You know, it's... Give me something here. I mean, in the in when you yeah, they had no options for pinch hitting except to bring up Naylor against the lefty, which was fine. You know, I, I like Naylor batting in the eighth. You know, in that spot in the eighth with two outs. But but again, you had no options on the bench. Uh, Bobby Bradley, whatever. I listen. I'm not. He, we've gone over this before. He did everything he had to do to make the team. He was better than Jake Bowers all spring. They've noted it. And he still can't get his chance. I, I, I don't understand if if now is not the time to bring, bring right, up Bobby. Right. Then, then when then when is? I mean, and I, I I mean, you know, this you know, there's some fans that tweet to me um, and say, "Well, it's service time, service time." That's there's nothing there's nothing to do no. with and, Owen and, Miller is 24, <clears throat> Bobby Bradley is 25 or 26. Yeah, you're starting shortstop on opening day in March was a 22-year-old who'd never played at AAA. Tristan McKenzie was brought up and stayed up last year. There's nothing to do with service time. I mean... No, and especially because we talked about this before, and I even heard... Uh, um, uh, I think it was Daryl Ryder this morning on 92.3 talking about um, Owen Miller and the service time thing. Owen Miller's not some A-plus, you know, top 50 prospect in baseball where they're holding him down to keep him an extra year. That, that He's... He's 24. It's the time is now. It's not like like you said. It's not a service time issue. This is about bringing up the best players to give the team the best chance to win. And I just don't know if they're currently doing that. Man, Todd, with you, Dairy Brothers Tribecast on WaitingForNextYear.com. Tigers uh, in Detroit for four games uh, with the unnamed team. Well, actually, is playing better baseball as of late. I will be at three of those games, by the way, uh, this week. Uh, in, including tonight, uh, and then uh, over the weekend, the Blue Jays come to town. We'll have all the pitching matchups for you. Yesterday's loss, uh, eight to five to the Twins. I'm sorry, but you know Minnesota is playing so bad, so poorly. And you said it yesterday on, on the text chain with Jeremy. It's like Jay Happ. I mean, he should not have seven or eight strikeouts. I mean, the guy was so hittable. There were so many pitches that could have been driven. I know the Indians are, aren't having great luck these first couple of months with hard hit balls, but 
my goodness, you know, leadoff guy at second base and then a grounder in the hole and Harold Ramirez runs to third. Like, what are you doing? It's ridiculous. Right in front of him. Right. Like right just, in front of him. You know, Luplo gets a bunt down, which we don't like bunting, but in that instance, it was a surprise play. It's a great play, ties the game. Then you've got your five and six hitters coming up with a chance to knock a run in and win the game against Robles, and you don't do it. I mean, you know, Eddie Rosario, geez, man, can you deliver let's once? Into, yeah, let's get into it. I mean, I, I love him. I do. I love the pickup, and, I'll, and I'm guilty. It was charged. I thought it was a steal, but maybe Minnesota knew something here, and teams knew something here because he's a mess at the plate, a mess. When he, when he came up with the with, – was it the winning run on third or the tying run on third? It was the winning run, right? Yeah, I mean, winning run on second. It was the – You talking about on the ninth yesterday? Yes. Winning run on the second. Winning, yeah. So, so the winning runs, and Eddie comes up after the squeeze play, which, by the way, was a great play. And I heard Luplo after the game say it was kind of one of these things where he saw it, that if he could get it, the right pitch to push it to the right side, it would work. And it, the safety squeeze was great. And the irony of this whole thing is the Indians are so offensively challenged that they needed essentially a, what was it, a, a walk, he, he, an infield, it was a walk. An infield single, right. a fly ball to move the runner to third, right, and then your and then your cl- cleanup get him in from your cleanup man, <laughs> from your cleanup right. hitter, <laughs> right. So so Eddie came up one out against his former team, and he swung at a pitch. And again, he's a bad ball hitter, and he swings the pitches out of the zone all the time. But to strike out on that pitch was so high and away. It was such a bad at bat, and it's been a microcosm of what we've seen from him. The only time he drives in runs, like yesterday, he had an RBI single in the first. Right, but that was like was a that was a, a seven ground ball, yeah, seventeen hopper, into the right, right in, into the. He's not driving the ball. He's not hitting. We're not seeing like earlier in the year with Cesar Hernandez. He was hitting line shots at people. We're like, all right, he'll be fine. And if you've noticed, he was hitting ropes. They moved him. Yeah, <laughs> shooting ropes. So uh, uh, since they moved him up to the leadoff spot, he's found himself, and he's really starting to hit the ball. Ahmed Rosario seems to be using more parts of the field that, you know, going, going the other way, which he wasn't doing earlier. You know, everyone's always so pull-happy on this team. Uh, Ahmed is not, which has been good, and he's been better. But Eddie is – I don't know if he's trying too hard. I don't know. I don't know what it is. But without Franmil Reyes, he's got to deliver. And, you know, again, one game, small sample size. But he's just not driving the ball. And, you know, it's it's – it's starting to get very frustrating because when you when I looked up at that lineup yesterday, and and you know Eddie Rosario is a big name, but the bottom four of yesterday's lineup Ugh. was Owen Miller making his major league debut, journeyman Harold Ramirez, Yu Chang who stinks, and Austin Hedges who cannot. No, he had two hits on 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 Saturday. Right. And I that's have to that's his two for the that's his that's his yeah. two for the weeks. Exactly. The week. I, but Hedges looks so bad at the plate. He's nowhere close. By, by the way, you you, get, you mentioned journeyman Harold Ramirez. I kind of like Harold Ramirez. <laughs> I do too, but he, but but that should be your fourth outfielder. He did go two for five yesterday. I like him. He hits the ball hard. I don't know. Handsome, hard hitting Harold. He, he's up there cutting, man. There's 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 no doubt about it. He's cutting and strutting. <laughs> yeah. But by yeah. the way, I got this great text yesterday. So you're at the game with with your daughter, and and Brooke sends me these texts. I don't know. Does she? She has her own phone. Is that what's going on? She does not have a phone, but she has a 
old phone that has Wi-Fi, you know? Oh, okay. So um, she was loaded. She, she brought it. To, she she brings it to the game. She she, she had a she had a loaded bazooka. She loaded bazooka yesterday, full of texts. She was like, "Why do you hate Rosario?" It's like first inning. <laughs> she texts me, "Why do you hate Ahmed?" So then she gets a hit, and then she's like, uh, "Oh, that's your boy." I mean, she was she was on fire the whole when game. He got his, when he got his fourth hit, um, I'm like, "How much of this is your dad feeding nine, you?" She literally said. How, she's like, I'm gonna text Uncle Matt. <laughs> oh yeah, she was on fire yesterday. Uh, well, it was great. I, I will it was funny. She, so she's 11, and she's been going to games with me. To the listeners, she's been going to games with me since basically out of the womb, and she is the best to go with because she's into the game. Like in the ninth inning, she kept saying to me, "Oh my God, I'm so nervous. My heart is pounding." She, I mean, and, and oh, yeah. like when. Yeah. She's like, yo, like when Jose came up with the two on nobody out, she's like, let's go, J-Rab! You know, like she's like into it. She when we when cares. Rosario hit the tri- Rosario hit the triple to cut it to five to four, and then Jose struck out, and then and I get it. And we had the man on third and no three, and no outs. I know nobody outs and didn't score. That so was awesome. I get a text from her when Luplo came up. I'm nervous for Luplo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how do I respond to that? I mean, it's just. Uh, it actually made the game. Yesterday's game was as bad as it gets. Like that game sucked. Okay, but like it made it semi enjoyable because she was just she was uh, barraging me with texts. It was pretty funny. We had a great time yesterday, and what was interesting was she asked very pointed questions, and I, we were we, we were trying to. I, I don't know how we got on the subject, but the subject of payrolls comes up. Oh God! And she, and and well, how do you explain that to an eleven-year-old? Well, here's how I did it, and and for all of you out there who have kids who are t- teaching them the game and want and, and they are curious about the economics of the sport, I, I said to her, "Here in in baseball, they do not have a salary cap." I said, "In the NBA, in, in basketball, and football." The teams are on even level playing fields because every team can only has the same amount of money to spend. I said, in baseball, it doesn't work that way. And she's like, well, why? And I said, well, that's <laughs> a great question. I can't answer. But she's like, so I said, so look at it this way. The Yankees and the Dodgers are like your rich friend who's always going on vacation and the parents are driving Range Rovers and, you know, yeah, and, and BMWs and, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and, 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 and whatever. And they and the kids get anything they want and 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 I said and the Indians are essentially <laughs> your friend who lives in the apartment on Chagrin Boulevard. Oh my God! But it's true. I mean, that's the best way to explain it. Well, and then she's like, and then she said, well, so like, how much do the Indians get to spend? And I said, well, they they can spend more, but they choose not to. And she said, well, why? And I was like, well, you know, like, so because <laughs> Dolan's cheap, honey. So when I told so when I told her, she was like, well. So, so okay, so like, what about the how much do the Yankees spend? I said okay, so the Yankees payroll is like two hundred and fifty million, and the Indians is like fifty million. She's like, well, how, how's that fair? So I I think it's we not, were having a right. conversation of that's great bringing up Owen Miller and playing the young players and 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 that kind of stuff and why we and why Francisco Lindor no longer plays on the redacted ex shortstop no longer plays on the Indians. That's how we got on the topic. She wanted to know why we had to get rid of him. And I went into the payroll. Yeah, no, I, I think it's great. I think it's, uh, it really does. If you're talking to kids, sometimes it really does make things uh, full of clarity. You know, it's like 
man, you, you talk to talk to kids that are interested in the game, and you try to explain it, and you go, the Dodgers are spending two hundred fifty million dollars on their team, and the Indians are spending fifty million on their team. And you're right; it's like, how is and that we're fair? To compete at the same level in the same sport. I was like, that, I said to her, I said, that's why the Browns have the chance to 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 be good because in the NFL we all have the same amount of money, and the Browns are the same as the you know Cowboys or the Rams or the Steelers or whatever, you know, so, it, but, but what makes it real for her is, you know, she's a public school kid. She has super rich friends and she has super poor friends. So, you know, so she see, you know, she's, you know, and everybody in between. So like for her, it clicked and she's like, Oh, that really makes sense. But I think for people, that's a good way to dis- to describe it. No, I, I think so, it is. And it yeah. kind of leads, it kind of leads to this, to this topic of, of this tweet I put out yesterday. Cause Obviously, I'm always advanced scouting. Plus, I watch a lot of unnamed team games because I live up here, and I despise them. Uh, so, when the, especially when the Indians are off, it's always fun to turn on Bally's Sports Detroit and, and, and root against them. Um, so, yesterday, they had a 2-1 lead. Mize pitched really well, and the Indians are going to avoid him. And quite honestly, he's starting to come on, which you'd expect. He's the number one overall pick years ago. But So, uh, Michael Fulmer comes in to close. He's been very good for them. And uh, gives up an infield hit to Whit Merrifield, who, of course, gets on base in a 2-1 to game. And then Carlos Santana hits a bomb to right center. A walk-off two-run homer. Kansas City beats Detroit 3-2 to yesterday. So the Indians will face the unnamed team coming in. They had just lost two out of three to the Royals. So whatever. And I'm thinking to myself as I'm in the car, I'm like, you know, Carlos Santana should still be on the Indians. He was an Indian for life type. He left and came back. He's a leader, he's a veteran, and quite honestly, our first base position is a joke, right? But then, all of the people that covered the unnamed team said, oh, here's, you know, in the wintertime, here's our list of uh, possible free agent, uh, you know, pickups for Detroit that would be in, in the Chris Illich uh, 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 budget, which isn't that big. Um, we know about that. But anyway... What is this, Tiger Talk? Let's go. Anyway, Santana should have be should either of be Santana should either be in Detroit or Cleveland, to be quite honest, because they need him because they're doing a rotation at first base, which is also pretty bad, including fifty year old Miguel Cabrera. And then the Indians first base spot. I mean, did the Indians have any kind of chance to match it when 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 um What's his nuts? The Royals owner, John. John Sherman. Sherman, the Shermanator. Should be our own. I was I was trying to say Schneider, but uh, I thought of the Seahawks GM. But you know, Sherman. Did we have a chance? Did we offer anything? I know he got two years and seventeen. Whatever it is, like he should be with us, or he should be. That would would have been the perfect guy in Detroit. So that's why my tweet sort of had. But it's true, Todd. I mean, first well, base here's... first base is so bad, and it's low budget and low rent yeah. when you're trotting out. You know, Franmil gets hurt, so you bring up Miller. You want to DH him for the first day to kind of give him a chance to get his bearing straight. I get what Tito said before the game. Let's ease this kid in. So then you have no other choice because Jay Happ is on the mound. They want to give Naylor a day off to play Yu Chang, who, quite honestly, has been buried for the last month. What do you expect him to do? You know, it's just it's just he, disappointing. He did get a hit in the first inning, and, and of course, I was like, of course, now you know. Oh, with nobody on now, base, now yeah, yeah, yeah. But let me hear now. Let me play devil's advocate on the Carlos Santana thing. I think that last year, now people forget because he was so great in, in 2019. He was awesome, right? All stuff. But in 2020, right. for the 60 game season, he wasn't good. He was bad. He was bull happy. 
you know, he, he looked cooked. He's 35. And the Royals offer him $17.5 million for two years. He probably couldn't. The, the agent probably got that offer and was like, oh, my God, get a pen quickly. Let's sign this before they change their mind. You and I talked about this in the offseason. I didn't know if he was going to get a major league contract with the way, you know, with, with, with everybody, you know, paring down their payrolls because of COVID. I thought maybe you'd get one year and $5 million from someone. Maybe. I mean, well, David, did we offer him anything oh, at the, okay, at so the major say, league level? Let's say they offered him one year and $5 million. And he was like, okay, I'll look. And if I can come back to it, I'll come back to it. But let's see what else is out there. And then he got offered, you know, 17.5 for two. He, he had to take it. I don't blame him. No, no, I don't. I don't either. I'm just. I'm just kind of making a point. I. I I get. I know, and I agree. I listen. I do. I wish Carlos was on this team. Absolutely. I can't stand watching Bowers in 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 Saturday's game came up, and he struck out on three Three pitches. pitches. It was. It was so. It was a waste. It was a waste. It was like the. Was an extra innings or the ninth inning? It was late in the game. Yeah, it was late in the game. I don't remember. And I, I remember I texted you and Jeremy. I was like, I cannot do this anymore. He's so fucking bad. He, I, I mean, and they are trying. How many more times am I going to have I know, I, I, know. There, I know, I know. How many more times do I have to watch Yu Chang and Jake Bowers play first base? It's an absolute fucking disgrace. Right, right. Cho- chopper, chopper to Chang at first. He's got the runner dead at home. Bobbles it. So now we have to get an out at first base and a run fault. score. He's not a first baseman. He's playing first base regularly against lefties, and he's not a first baseman. I know. That's on the organization, man. It really That's is. That's my point. It really is. I, like, yes, was I pissed that he bobbled that ball that it ended up costing us a run, which ended up essentially, you know, in that five-run inning where, you know, Cesar Hernandez forgot how to play second base and you bobbled that ball. I, yes, I was pissed, but I, it's hard to get mad at him when it's not his fault because he shouldn't be out there. I mean, he's learning on the job too. I just—it's just very aggravating. It's beyond As aggravating. Lindo would say that wasn't very fun. He wants fun baseball. <laughs> that wasn't very fun. No, and and they can't even turn a, a routine double play anymore. Um, you know, Cesar Hernandez. Cesar Hernandez all of a sudden has a bit of the yips at second too. Although he's usually very sure-handed and was a a Gold Glover last, last year. year. He's yeah. the least of my worries. But like, geez, can we turn a six-four-three once well, three-six-one that? Uh, I'm in the dirt on uh, um, Friday night to Mackenzie's ankles. Yeah. Now again, <laughs> M- Mackenzie nice Mackenzie didn't exactly make a great effort. We got to get into oh, him too. Blowing um, away. I mean, what was he going to do? No, he I knew. Well, it wasn't. Run. Yes, but he, you, you do have to bend down. But but again, that's easy for that's me cool. to say. He's six five. But all right, let's well, get in. You're six four. <laughs> I think I'm more. I think I'm shrinking because I think I think Jace, my son, now is. Taller than me, I think, are close, and he's got to be six wow. three. So I might be six two and a half. I might be shrinking. I did. I am forty eight today, by the way. So I, okay, so you blew it. I was gonna. I had a whole thing for for your birthday. So if we're changing topics, well, first of all, before we go into your birthday, uh, can I tell? Did I ever tell the uh, fake ID story on, on the air? <laughs> on the air on this podcast? I don't think so. so. When 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 you turned twenty one. And I was 18, and I went to college. I needed your driver's license because we look close enough. You know, we, we look like brothers. But you know, back in the day when you needed a fake ID to get into a bar in college, I so so for people that don't know, Matt 
it's his, his on his driver's license was six three, and I'm I'm gonna pull the Costanza five eight five seven, but really I'm five seven five six. Uh, yeah, so uh, <laughs> I took your driver's license to college, and it always worked because it's real. It's real. Yeah, it's real. One hundred and thirty pounds, and it was six three one thirty on the driver's license. So the one time I ever got stopped. I'll never forget it. I was at the bottleneck in Lawrence and I go to the door and the guy looks at my ID. He's like, you're not six foot three. What, what do you, you really think this is going to work? I was like, it's supposed to say five, three. I was like, who's six, three, one thirty. And the guy's like, all right, fine, go ahead. <laughs> no, your brother was. That's, yes. a, that's hilarious. Like fun it is. Right, so let's, let's do live reads and then we'll do your birthday and then we'll talk about Tristan McKenzie. And, oh, uh, and the lineup, the lineup that I have for tomorrow night's game at Comerica Park is going to, it's going to knock your socks off. We are bringing back an old favorite tomorrow night. Chauncey? All right, well, hold on. Let's go. Sorry, go ahead. That's all I'm, yeah, I, you, you're very warm. Then, you're no, very warm. Let's go live reads. All right, so uh, why don't you tell us about the Center for Advanced Dentistry. Jeremy is sending pictures out of, of Dr. Ben and Dr. Sean. <laughs> Like as regular rotation pictures in our group chat. So that's yeah, so, that should so tell you all you need to know about how great they are. If you could only see what goes on, especially over the weekends during the uh, Dairy Brothers Tribecast uh, text thread. Uh, the Hilton Diamond Tribe Elite. I had to do something to myself because uh, Austin Hedges uh, got a two-out RBI single. Uh, you know, there, there's, there's photos of Dr. Sean Schlesel going around. Anyways, uh... If you're looking, in, in, in all seriousness, I know people hate going to the dentist. I know when you go, you don't like the, that metal mouth taste. You know, you don't like getting the, 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 the cleaning and the scraping and all that stuff. If, if you're looking for a dentist that when you go in there, they just relax you. And you're, it's almost like you're not even at a dentist office. You're just visiting friends. Check out the Center for Advanced Dentistry in Beechwood over on Orange Place. It's just unbelievable. I have had the same hygienist, Sandy, for probably 20-plus years. She takes great care of me. They have, uh, um, you know, obviously more than just Sandy. Dr. Sean Schlesel has become partners with Dr. Ben Hornstein, America's greatest dentist, Dr. Ben Hornstein. And they have designed their practice to offer cutting-edge dental procedures and treatment options in that fun and stress-free environment. Honestly, perfection is their trademark. So is your overall health and happiness. And that's what matters most to them over at the Center for Advanced Dentistry. So check them out at cfad.net or give them a call at 216-595-1710. Tell them the Dairy Brothers sent you. And again, they're all about listening and understanding and making you get over your fear, your fears of being at the dentist and just taking care of your overall needs. So whether it's a full mouth makeover or just a routine checkup, Please check them out, cfad.net, or give them a call, 216-595-1710. Over the weekend, I was wearing my Sticks Tristan McKenzie t-shirt that I got from BreakingTea.com. If you go to BreakingTea.com slash dairy, you want the Jose Ramirez home run pitch shirt, the Bieber Fever shirt. Uh, unfortunately, the new Fran Mil Reyes shirt is out, and he's hurt. But, hey, Wild Thing, the Karen Check shirt in blue. 
Tristan shirt in red, the Luplo t-shirt, any of the tribe stuff, the Uncle Brian and the rest of the boys shirt, they're all there for you at BreakingTea.com. You, you want to wear cool stuff to games, stuff that's different. Maybe some of you don't want to wear the Chihuahua things anymore, and, and I get that. That's fine. Um, so get your favorite player's gear there at BreakingTea.com. The Believe in Baker Brown Browns t-shirt is sweet. Go to BreakingTea.com slash dairy, D-E-R-Y, and that gets you right to the Cleveland Collection. So do that today. Uh, I'm not sure what I'm rocking tonight to the game um, or even tomorrow or even Thursday. But it'll be I'll, – I'll probably have my Loop There It Is t-shirt, which I just got in. Uh, I got the Sticks shirt. I got to get the Home Run Pitch uh, J-Ram one, the red one. Do you have that one, Todd? Because that's a sweet one. Um, you do have that one or no? I have the red Home Run Pitch shirt. I have the Bieber Fever shirt, which I think is the best-looking shirt of, of, of the bunch. And then I – I also had got the Uncle Brian and the rest of the boys T-shirt from the group that seems to be carrying this team, uh, the bullpen. So, yep. yeah, you know it, man. And you know me. I bought several other non-Cleveland-related Breaking T-shirts. So uh, uh, you got to check them out, guys. Yep. They got everything you need. Yep, BreakingT.com. So breaking the letter T dot com slash dairy d e r y. Go to the go. It takes you right to the Cleveland collection. Use that uh, web link. And uh, enjoy yourself. Get uh, get some good stuff. And use that code. The code's gone. For now. It's gone? For right now. We're ma- we're doing a, re- a revision. Oh, we're renegotiating? All right, well, then don't. <laughs> <laughs> All Stay right. full price. <laughs> um, I need your help over there at Breaking Team. All right, big news. All right, before we get to the pitching matchups and we talk about the actual pitching and who knows who's going to be pitching for this team outside of the big three, um, tonight, I will be heading down to Comerica Park for game one of this four-game series. Um, I'm in the wood shop seats tonight. Todd, you've been in those. We're great seats. All right. So uh, we'll be, you know, in, in good in a good spot there. No names, please. No section, please. Uh, myself, my wife, uh, Mark, and uh, my buddy Mark, and my buddy Dan Mark Zach. From, Mark from Beachwood? <laughs> no, not Mark Bregman. Mark. <laughs> Uh, and uh, Dan Zek, uh, he of Financial Architects, Inc., uh, Dan Z, made the cut. He will be there, the former Albion pitcher. Then uh, on Tuesday night, are you ready for this crew? Tuesday night, it'll be me. Albert Dale will be there. Yes. All right. The last time, now this is like my best friend here. Albert and I were in radio together. Albert is an engineer. He also does the Indians road games when the radio crew comes, but he won't work this week, so I don't think they're uh, traveling, but... Uh, at least not yet. Last time Albert and I were at, a, at Comerica Park at a game together in the stands was the Galarraga game. Oh, yeah. Jason Donald broke up the uh, perfect game that, that he was. You know, it's interesting. Now with replay, that would have been overturned and it would have been a perfect oh, yeah. game. Yeah. Jim yeah. Joyce. The Jim Joyce uh, play, uh, game. I was there with uh, my two kids and Albert. So last time we were at a game together, that happened. Also, on the well, roster. This one works out a little bit better. Exactly. We better get more hits. Also on the roster for Tuesday night. Chauncey D. Williamson. I called it. <laughs> <laughs> How about that? A was fl- the last sporting event you went to with Chauncey the uh, Brady Quinn versus Matthew Stafford? Correct. With, with me, you, and Jeremy? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I have not seen him in ages. Uh, he just His wife just had twins. Uh, he got married, the whole thing. I'm sure the listeners w- wanted to know that. <laughs> Very important. <laughs> the last time I saw him was with Rob Robert Lee Parker. He of Deadspin and Fox fame. Anyway, so, uh, and possibly my guy Chad Bush, but I don't know. So that's Tuesday. And Thursday, I'm contemplating 
going solo and sitting in the top of the stadium. Like what are you my, contemplating? Just do it. I go solo all the time. Solo. It could be a solo day for me. Where you I, know how many times I've gone to those Indians games, where I'm, like, the, the afternoon games by myself for the last 10 years? I've done it a million times. Maybe you I'll go to the great. movies by myself. Exactly. You know what's great? You go, like, podcast. Because, like, no nobody has a radio anymore. Do you know what I mean? Like, you can't buy... Like, you remember the, uh, and, and uh, uh, Mrs. Executive Producer still has one, by the way. She's the last one I know. Do you remember the little black square radio that mom and dad used to use? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, on their walks? Yeah. That was, like, the last one I ever remember. Like a Walkman, but without the cassette thing. Yeah, it was just a, but it was like a square. And yes, it just was yes. AM, FM. Yeah. You, you, you can't get that anymore. And then if you want to listen to the game on your phone, it's behind the live action. So there's really no good way. So I've yeah. been doing game and podcasts in my ear. I mean, Bieber's pitching. I, I kind of want to go. So I'll, I'll, Wednesday, I mean, two right, nights. Go. I can't go three nights in a row. That would be a little much. But I'll be there Monday, Tuesday, and uh, oh, and oh, Thursday. Way, shout, shout out to uh, our good friend Doug Spear, who uh, lives in Atlanta, set, uh, went to the Pirates-Braves game over the weekend. Oh, and no. The Pirates lost 20-1. to one. He was at the 20-run <laughs> He was at the twenty run game? Yep. 20-1. Oh. to one. Well, Friday night, the Indians and the Pirates lost by a combined score of 30 to 1. Man. Mm-hmm. Brutal. All right, so we're going to go through the pitching matchups, and we have to ask the question, who's going to pitch on Wednesday? Like, Tristan McKenzie sent down, and let's get into this, Todd, because he should be. Yeah. He's been a train wreck. And, you know, I, I you hate to pick on a kid, and he's still so young. I like him a lot. I have the T-shirt, okay? But, like... Is he putting the work in 100%? Is he, it, 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 it's the same mistake. I say this not because I think he's lazy or that he's not a hard worker, but it's the same mistake and it's the same issue every time out. You know, Logan Allen just lost it and they had to send him down. It looked like a mental thing. With McKenzie, you know, you watch Carl Willis go to the mound and it's the same stuff. You're, you're opening up your front side, you're overthrowing. Like, now I think it's like, look, we tried to tell you, and you're not doing it, so you got to go down to AAA. And I, I think you know one of the things that's interesting. I heard on the radio broadcast at some point when I was driving over the weekend, and it must have been, it must have been Friday night because they were talking about McKenzie, uh, and basically what, or maybe it was on the TV broadcast. I don't remember, but someone had said most of these guys come back. Actually, they were talking about Carl Willis said. Most of these guys come back in the offseason and they're like, okay, I've got a new pitch. And they said, McKenzie just came back and said, I don't have any new pitches because I need to work on my current arsenal needs to improve. So what's the main problem I see with him, well, we talked about this. I think last week I said he had two starts left in him. It was like he was facing the two worst teams in the division, and this was his chance. He was either going to, you know, shit or get off the pot, as they say. So... He, his velocity, you remember he came up last year, he was throwing like 94, 95. And then by, by the end, he was in the 89, 90 range at the end of the, at the end of the year. So they moved him to the pen for the two game playoffs. Did this year, he still wasn't his velocity. When you're losing velocity, it's probably not a good, a good sign, but I'm not as concerned about anything other than, he has to get stronger. He's so thin still. Right. You got to hit, you got to hit the weight room. Got to hit the weight room. And we also have to come back to the fact that he, 
essentially didn't pitch for two years, made two starts, and then came up to the majors. So he's still a work in progress. He's only 23. And I think last year, him coming up in that small sample size and looking good so fast was almost like counterproductive to his development, I guess. He also came up throwing 98, and just the first start against no, 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 Detroit was just blowing well, people yeah. away. And now the velocity's down. Well, that, yeah, that, which is, yeah, to my point. So also, when you're making starts and you're, all over the zone, and you're walking guys, you're not going to give your guys a chance to win. But let's go back to his last six starts, okay? He walked four against the Royals. He walked four against the White Sox. He walked four against the Yankees, four against the Reds, two against the White Sox, and four against the Royals again. And in none of those games did he pitch more than five innings. His best start this year was that uh, uh, the game against the Royals where he, he threw five scoreless, only allowed two two uh, hits, but uh, walked four guys. He started the sixth and then and uh, walked two guys, so they took him out. You you can't survive in the majors when you are basically averaging four walks per five innings, which was what he was doing. So, it, you know, it's fine. You send him down. He's got things to work on. He'll be back. I'm not concerned about his long term development. He, we've always known that he was going to have to get stronger. And, and he's just not—he's he, just not there. It just—the the, the issue is not McKenzie being bad. The issue is McKenzie's bad, been bad. Logan Allen's been bad. Uh, 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 Scott Moss just got hurt down in AAA, uh, and Cal Quantrill's kind of found this role in the pen. He's not stretched out. Sam Hentges is already here, and he's so-so. So really, you're running out of options, which brings us to and I will let you take it from here. Well, no, I mean, Wednesday night, it, it appears that J.C. Mejia, who came up and pitched in relief the other night, which game Friday was that? Night. Friday night against the Twins, when we got blown out. Um, it was 9 to nothing, I think, when he came in. Uh, we'll, we'll get the opportunity, I, I would think. But again, what if, what if Henches... What if Henches... What if Henches tonight... Uh, struggles and they got to go to the pen early. Who's going to come in? Because well, everybody, that, everybody that, got that, used that, yesterday. I was going to say the main issue is literally yesterday nine relievers were used. But if you think about it, Kyle Nelson pitched like an inning and a third. Mayton pitched one inning. Whitgren pitched one inning. Quantrill pitched one inning. You know, I mean, Trevor Stephan pitched one inning. So. I forgot. I forgot Whitgren. I forgot Whitgren was on the team when he came in yesterday. You know, it's funny. He was warming up, um, I'm thinking about the fifth or the sixth yesterday, or sixth or seventh yesterday, and I turned to Brooke, and I was like, man, it feels like, you, you remember at the beginning of this year, it was going to be Whitgren, Classe, they were talking about Whitgren closing. Yeah. And he's been really buried, I mean, because Brian Shaw has been so good, and Brian Shaw has essentially taken his role, but Whitgren, is it is it like, he's kind of buried there with Maton and, and, and Trevor Stephan a little bit. Which well, is interesting. The pen's been really good, and they've saved them. And it's and it's you know you look at the record and you say, all right, they're twenty four and twenty. They're a game and a half out of first place, thanks to the Yankees helping us this weekend with the White Sox. Huge, and, and that's what sucks about losing yesterday. You'd be a half game out of first with that win. Right. So you're you're in this thing. You're in this thing because of your bullpen. You know the starting pitching hasn't been that great. Shane Bieber, we haven't even brought it up, hasn't been that great for Bieber standards. Savali's been the best starter. 
Uh, the offense, dead, you know, second to last in the league in batting average, you know, broken record. So how are we winning? We're winning because the bullpen has been really good, and they've got enough timely hits to be four over five hundred. But now with you know Detroit and Toronto coming in, or Detroit on the road, Toronto at home, got to take advantage. You can't go three and three against the Angels and Twins. You got to do better than that, and that's what they but did this past week. Yeah, absolutely. But you also can't keep the starters can't keep forcing Tito to go to the bullpen in the fifth inning every game. And even yesterday, Plesak, okay, he was perfect for three innings, and he's been great lately. So, listen, he had a bad start. But he in the fourth inning, he gave up, ended up giving up five hits. It really should have been two errors, but but because Chang's bobble, he picked it up and tapped, tapped first. Uh, he, he didn't get charged for, uh, for an error. But, you know, he fell apart. He didn't come out. He didn't even make it out of the fourth. No, because it was so bad. So that was uh, that was not great. When you know you're hoping that police act will get you at least six because you know tomorrow, which is now Monday today, you got Hentges going. Where I don't think Sam's been gotten past five innings yet. In fact, I know he hasn't. So you know, there it, 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 you lean on this bullpen so heavily. They've been so good, but. How long is that going to last? You, yeah, you know. and and you know, Hench just had issues with the Angels this week, last week, because they're all right-handed hitters, and that's what he's going to face tonight. You know, he's going to face. Yeah, but the Angels' right-handed bats, right, 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 are, you know, are Mike, Mike Trout and and, and oh, yeah, Mike and, 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 yeah, and Anthony Rendon. It's a little bit better than Robbie Grossman, yeah, but still. Um, so we'll see how he does tonight. I hope tonight is one of those nights where the team hasn't seen him before. And he and he and he can keep the ball in the ballpark, and it's a big ballpark. So that's the hope, you know. Yep. But um, you know, to me, you know, when Miller came up Sunday, I thought there'd be more of a cavalry coming up the turnpike from Toledo, where the Clippers were playing, and there wasn't. So now you're right; you've got an overabundance of relievers, yeah. and it looks like J.C. Mejia will start Wednesday. That would be my guess. I, I think that, that it has to be. And the, here's the other thing to keep in mind. Monday, a week from today, you got a doubleheader. Yeah, against the White uh, Sox. With the White Sox, and if if I'm correct, it's going to be Mejia lined up to pitch one of those games. It is. It is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. so I mean, whoever is going to come up is going to be you know when they add the extra guy for the doubleheader, will be a pitcher for sure, and probably someone who can give you at least two or three innings. They're they're going to have to do it. So yeah. why don't you uh, uh, get into the pitching matchup so then we can close with your birthday. All right. Um, so tonight uh, in Detroit, Sam Hentges for the Indians. Spencer Turnbull, fresh off his no-hitter, will pitch for the Tigers tonight. So that ought to be interesting. We can't hit. He didn't allow a hit the last time. Uh, the can't fifth... wait to hear uh, Underwood talk about Johnny Vandermeer again. <laughs> <laughs> There's an old bit. Uh, Tuesday, Aaron Savale against uh, Tarek Skubal, the rookie you know, left-hander. Weird, by the way, not to cut you off, but this will be the second time the Indians are facing a pitcher who pitched a no-hitter the previous time out. That's right. Carlos, I mean, Carlos Rodon. does that happen yeah. this season? Uh, I assume Mejia for the uh, Indians on Wednesday against Jose Urania, the uh, right-hander. has actually not been bad. Um, better than I thought he'd be. And then Thursday, uh, Shane Bieber, opening day uh, rematch, Shane Bieber and Matthew Boyd. So that's two lefties in that series. Then over the weekend... Yu Chang will probably stay here for another four weeks. Sweet. So uh, 
<laughs> Friday, Zach Plesak against uh, Hinjin Ryu, the former Dodger starter, is uh, pitching for the Blue Jays now. Member of 10% capacity. Lefty. There you go. Uh, Sam Hentges on Saturday against Ross Stripling. It's like former Dodger week. Right. Um, and then Aaron Savale against Steven Matz. So, Todd, that's seven games with four, four of the seven are against lefties. Yeah. Big trouble. No wonder. There, there's no way Bobby Bradley's coming up for Chang this week. If, if there's if there's that many lefties. Four lefties. Why is it, is it just me, or is this year we face more lefties than we – it doesn't – well, I just think it's because we don't have, but we don't have any. The Indian, I mean, tell me any other team in baseball doesn't have one single left-hander on their on their staff. We have a zero. Is there anybody else? What are you talking about? What's that? Sam and Kyle Nelson, dude. Oh yeah, that's Sam. That's right. Sam's lefty. Oh geez, that's horrible by me. But at one point we had zero. <laughs> we always yeah. Well, usually <clears throat> we have zero. Yeah. At one point we had none. That's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. When McKenzie was up and when Logan Allen had gone down. And Perez, Oliver Perez, was DFA'd. By the way, did anybody pick him up? No. Man, that's sad. I love that old love man. That, love that man. All right, so that's uh, that's all I got. So I don't know what you want to say about my birthday. I hope it's short and we can uh, move along here. But uh, that's it for the week. Hopefully I can bring home some winners this week. So today is your 48th birthday. Yes. Do you know? Well, I know you know the answer. Also turning 48 today. All-time tribe great and all-time favorite of many baseball fans. Yes. Fats Bartolo Colon. Maybe he's 48? Same exact birthday. Yeah. Same exact birthday as you to the day, which is kind of cool. So Bartolo turns 48. Other famous so, – so a running joke forever created by our cousin Steve is – and this goes back to when I was probably 20. I, I and I know the first one you're going to mention. <laughs> so every year, cousin Steve would always call, and like, let's say I I would turn thirty two, and I'd say, Steve, what's going on? He's like, you know, the best thing about being thirty two is Jim Brown all year long. Or when you're thirty three, Kareem. He he called me and he goes, when on his thirty third birthday, when I wish him happy birthday, he's like, I'm Kareem all year long. Drop this guy <laughs> on your ass. <laughs> so yes. So here here are some forty eights for you. Obviously. Emmanuel Class A all year long. Take it. Tory Hunter all year long. Jacob DeGrom. Lee Smith. And former Redskin running back Stephen Davis, 48. But I couldn't <laughs> think of a good Brown. The only what? Brown I could I, think of come on. 48 was Brian Washington. What about D.D. Hoggard? Oh, D.D. Hoggard was That's right. That's right, where I thought you were going to go. The great right. special I, teamer. I didn't have Hoggard, special teams ace on the 86 team. But, uh, but yeah, Brian Washington, he played safety for yeah. one year. He was really right? good. He was good. Nebraska. He was good. Okay, so for the close, how many number 48s of the Indians can you name from 1986 to now without cheating? F- number 48? There's a real easy. I mean, one's very, very easy. The re, the rest are really. Uh, easy. was they're, Ross they're, Grimsley 48? You mean Jason Grimsley? Yes, he was in 1993, and 94 and 95. Very good. All right. Did I say Ross? Okay. Jason yes. Grimsley was 48. Who's Ross Grimsley? He was a left-hander too that the Indians had. He might. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Jason um, Grimsley. <sighs> Travis Hafner, obviously. Mm-hmm. 
that's easy. Uh, do, 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 do. That was the easy one. The other ones. Other number four, Class A, Hafner, Jason Grimsley, number 48. <sighs> probably some pitchers. You, probably some pitchers. Gonna, it, it's, it's basically all pitchers. I'm going to give you the best. Was Paul best Risden for, number 48? Paul Rigdon. Rigdon? No, he was not. No? Paul Rigdon was good for about five starts, right? 48. Man. All right, I'm gonna give, give you. I'm gonna give you the best of the best. Okay. okay. Yeah. 1986, Dickie Knowles. 1987, Jeff Kaiser Wilhelm. <laughs> Ted Ted Power. Oh my gosh! Great call. Grimsley. 96. He had one great at bat. Nigel Wilson hit a grand slam against the Angels. Oh come on! In 96. Amazing. Right? Great call. Yeah. Chris Haney. In 99, okay. served up the uh, Wade Boggs' yeah. 3,000th hit, which was a grand slam. The lefty. Jerry Spradlindies. <laughs> Ooh, baby, that's good. Jose Santiago in 2003. Oh, my God. And then you had Hafner basically all the way up until 12. Atchison, old man Atch. Oh, I should have had that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the last 48, the last two 48s, one of my least favorite all-time Indians. I hated him when we signed him, and I still can't believe I saw he's back in the majors. Tommy Hunter. God, did I hate that Yeah, guy. you did hate him. You had that pinned tweet for a while. Yes, I did. I said, I'm living in a world where Donald Trump is president and someone gave Tommy Hunter $9 million. That's right. And and, and then the last 48 before Emmanuel Classe, we signed him in 2017. You and I thought this was going to be a great addition to the bullpen, and he was hurt the entire year. Oh, man. That was 2017? Yes, 2017. We made two free agent signings. This guy and and uh, Edward. And we thought he was going to be really good? He was a very good reliever, and then he got hurt for us, and I don't think he was ever good again. Is he still in the game? No. 2017 reliever? Lefty. Lefty reliever that we thought was going to be good? He was going to be the, he was going to be the second lefty in the pen, yeah, with Miller. There's going to be Miller and this guy. It's going to be incredible. No, I, I'm drawing a blank. Boone Logan. Oh, yeah, Boone Logan. Good call. All right. There you go. So happy 48th birthday, my friend. Thanks, buddy. Uh, hopefully um, hopefully we'll get some wins this week, and uh, I'll enjoy the day. But there it is, another Dairy Brothers Tribecast. We went 54 minutes, uh, and that will include one edit where you muted yourself that i got to get rid of. <laughs> my bad. People won't know. <laughs> Now they will. All right, buddy. Dairy Brothers Tribecast. Good stuff. Go Tribe. Hopefully a, a big week ahead in Detroit and then back home. When are you going this weekend, <clears throat> by the way? Fri- oh, oh, oh big, I got big ones coming up. Friday night, Sunday, and dub- the doubleheader Monday. Perfect. Oh, Perfect. And tu- oh, and Tuesday. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'll be going it. to, uh, that'll be one, two, four, five, six. Six games I'll be at in four in five days. Six games in five days coming up next week. We're brought to you uh, by the Center for Advanced Dentistry, Breaking Tea T-shirts, and you can find us at waitingfornextyear.com and wherever you get your podcasts. We'll talk to you next week. History is complicated. The story of human progress is long, messy, and riddled with controversies big and small. On Conflicted, we dive headfirst into history's most infamous events and contentious figures. We try and untangle the good from the bad, 
the fact from the fiction, and the monsters from the misunderstood. Was Genghis Khan a murderous butcher or a civic pioneer? Did the Allied powers go too far in firebombing the German city of Dresden at the twilight of World War II? And how did the Marquis de Sade acquire such a sinister reputation? And was any of it true? These are just a few of the tough questions we wrestle with and investigate on Conflicted. So if you love history or just enjoy a good story, please join me, your host, Zach Cornwell, for a fascinating new topic each and every month. Conflicted, a history podcast, is available on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I hope to see you soon. Thank you.